Welcome to episode 35 of Black Girl Squee, uh, where we celebrate black girl magic with a squee! I'm Dee. I go by Dust Daughter on Twitter. And I'm Enda, I go by Enda's Corner on Twitter. And together we uh, run the Black Girl Squee uh, Twitter. Uh, we also run uh, the Black Girl Squee Tumblr, and uh, you can email us both at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Uh, we'd also love it if you rated and reviewed the show on iTunes, and we'll have a link for that in the show notes. And you can find all our episodes on Simplecast at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. Um, just a warning, we have a spoiler policy in that we spoil shit, so, um, please, uh, be warned. We cuss a lot and we talk about peen, um, so be warned about that if that's not your cup of tea. We squee loud and often and half of us squee at a very high pitch. And so adjust your volume accordingly. Uh, now we're going to move into our squee-worthy news. And first up is my co-host, Inda Lauren, who is uh, writing um, for the Learned Fangirl about underground, Everfair, and Afro-Retro Futurism. So, first of all, what is Afro retro futurism? Okay, let's see. Uh, Afro retro futurism, if I can even say it, it's a combination, as you uh, may have guessed, of Afro futurism and retro futurism. And this is a term that Nisi Shaw uh, coined when she wrote Everfair because she felt that. Neo Victoria, Victoria, Victorianism. I can't even say that. She didn't feel that was a um, that did what she wanted to do with her work justice, and so when she came up with the term, uh, she was looking at it as a um, combination of I can uh, find it here as um, uh, where is it? Where is it? I, I have it right here. I have it right here. Yes. She explains Afrofuturism is a movement focused on African contributions to perspectives on and presence in the future. Retrofuturism is what most steampunks call what they're interested in. 
revisioning of the past, including elements of its future and sometimes elements of our own future as well. Afro-retrofuturism is a combination of these attitudes and concerns. And like she was saying, she doesn't consider her work neo-Victorian because she just kind of feels that that um, kind of subgenre, it's limited and it's just about alternate versions of the Victorian empire. Yeah. And it's usually very white. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the steampunk subgenre, and it's always been, you know, alienating, even while it's inter- entertaining. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm glad that other people are. Um, writing their way into this space. Yes. Um, so, and you linked, you linked Everfair, the novel by Nisi Shaw, to uh, the WGN series Underground. And what, what inspired you to do that? Well, actually, it was um, because I was reading an um, interview that Nisi Shaw did. I think it was with a site called Omnibus. And that's where I saw the term Afro-retrofuturism. And the thing is, I'd already been thinking about underground in terms of Afrofuturism. But see, I, I always kind of feel like considering our history and our past is a very important part of Afrofuturism. But that name, I think, kind of doesn't give, you know that sort of doesn't give that give room for us to explore, you know, past narratives or kind of reimagining the past. But I think that's a very essential part of um, Afrofuturism. And so when I saw that she did the term Afro-retrofuturism and kind of like imagining what could have been or, you know, just kind of looking at, uh, looking at what, um, what happened in the past through the lens of, you know, the contemporary or, what we think might happen in the future. I, I, thought, I, th- I just thought it fit really well with Underground, that whole style, this use of contemporary music and kind of using contemporary narratives to tell this story of what was going on in the past. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so uh, in your piece in The Learned Fangirl also, um, uh, helps us center show how these two works center the lives of black women in historical narratives or in retro futuristic narratives um in the case of everfair but um and that's something that um most um slave narratives most black historical narratives uh don't do so, um, of course, Inda, you got you to get your womanism on. So, <laughs> yeah. At all times. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, but that's, that's a great point. Um, and it's good to see uh, media that's starting to center um, our lives and our contributions. Yes. And that we can see ourselves in. Yeah. So, um Basically, just just go read the piece. We'll have the link in the show notes. It's really good. Oh. And uh, kudos to Inda once again for um, 
just, you know, bending my brain in a new interesting <laughs> Aww, way. <laughs> thank you. So to Indalorin we give a big squeeze <laughs> myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you better squeeze yourself, girl. Okay, well, on to a writer I actually do like and I actually love I've read her work and this is a piece from Cheshire Burke. It's called Black Women in Speculative Fiction and Investigation. And so this is a piece uh, found uh, on her website, uh, CheshireBurke.Weebly.com. And I'm sure uh, Didia put a link to that there. And she's looking at the roles of women throughout history in, in speculative fiction because I don't think a lot of people know that science fiction, you know, speculative and all that, that actually comes from women. It all comes from women. Mm-hmm. She uh, points out that Mary Shelley is supposed to be the first speculative fiction author when she wrote Frankenstein. And so after going through that, she uh, starts to wonder, where do black women enter in this tradi- um, tradition? And so what she finds is that um, the African tradition actually preceded uh, um these types of works and black women writers um works from black women writers after slavery was abolished and i actually think i don't remember if she did in the piece that um because i've i've seen it on tumblr a few times they show that um some of the the first like science fiction what we would call science fiction actually comes from you know african cultures i forget the specific one but that's but someone's actually been looking at that too. So if I find that, I'll I'll let you guys know about that. But anyway, in the I article, wouldn't be surprised. No, she um, goes through a timeline of black women in speculative fiction, and she talks about a lot of women like Octavia Butler, Joelle Gomez, who I really need to get into because I think I've only read like one or two short stories from her. Nello Hopkinson, who I'm in the middle of reading right now, Tanana Reeve Du, uh, N.K. Jemison, and L.A. Banks are all here. So she uh, does a really good job in talking about uh, all of these uh, black women. Ooh, Shea Youngblood. Ooh, I got to read some more of her because Black Girl in Paris is actually really good. Anyway, uh, let me get off my tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, you, you, it's, good, it's a good article and reminder that, you know, out here in every genre basically yeah basically so you know people want to think that we're not writing spec fic that i don't know what they think we're writing but we're we're doing everything and also this was go ahead i was saying there's also a section on black women characters in science fiction media looking at uhura uh you know zoe washburn um Martha um, Jones, Catwoman, mm-hmm. as played by Eartha Kitt. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, wow, she's just she she she's she was thorough. She was really thorough. Yeah. So, um, and also this was good to me um, because I always I always mixed I always thought that spec fic was just another term for sci-fi but it yeah it covers a lot of yeah. fiction genres including yes. fantasy horror supernatural yeah. fiction superhero fiction so hey i guess that includes comic books too yeah um utopian and dystopian fiction 
apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fiction and alternate history in literature. So that's good. So a lot of you may be writing spec fic and not even yeah. know it. Yeah. Um, so, and if you do, let us, let us know so we can shout you out here. Yeah. Uh, please. So, <laughs> so we can um, read your stuff. Read it. <laughs> So, uh, to Chessia Burke and uh, all the black women writing speculative fiction, we give a big squeeze! Ah, my voice. Um, All right. Um, An announcement from The Fader is that musician now, now is working on an EP of collaborations that uh, features the internet. So this is all, this is relevant to all of my interests. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fans, music fans may know that uh, Now's debut album, For All We Know, came out in 2016. And she just released a, a remix album called For All We Know, The Remixes, um, earlier this month. And um, she had work from Secret, from Catronada, just some heavy hitters production-wise for the remix album. So now, um, she says, I'm working on an EP called Now X, which is about collaboration. Hopefully that'll be out in the spring or a bit after. My God, she's just going to pump stuff out. Anyway, she says, "Um, I already have one track with the internet. I was in L.A. last year before my tour, and they came through to the studio. Um, just a reminder, Now is British. She's from London. Um, now um, also says that um, we sat down and joked for ages and then just started writing music. Um, she says, with Sid, we're singing to each other in the song. It just felt like two girls hanging out. I need this now. <laughs> um, so to now to my baby Sid and um, this new EP, which I, I am eagerly awaiting, we give a big scream. All right. Okay. Now on to something near and dear to my heart. Uh, just this past week, I think last week, well, yeah, week before this one that's leaving. Uh, the show, a web series, Brown Girls, premiered, and there's a good piece on it from Think Progress. It's called Brown Girls is Showing Queer Women of Color as We've Always Existed. Yes. Okay, so if you haven't seen Brown Girls, you must watch this show. It is available online on the web. The show spotlights queer women of color, uh, like I said, they say in a way we rarely see in the media. And the um, article says, Lila is a, okay, I think it's Layla or Lila. I'm just going to say Lila. If I mispronounce that, I'm very sorry. Lila is a South Asian American writer just now owning her queerness. Patricia is a sex positive black American musician who is struggling to commit to anything, job, art, and relationships. While the two women come from completely different backgrounds, their friendship is ultimately what they lean on to get through the messiness of their mid-20s. 
And they say that the aim of Brown Girls is to simply show queer women of color as we've always existed, dynamic, multifaceted, and mostly, most importantly, human. And I just have to say, as someone who's watched the show and been a fan of the woman who directed it, her name is Sam Bailey. She is a black um, filmmaker out of Chicago. I was eagerly awaiting this, and it was everything I hoped it would live up to. So, like, not only do you have um, this South Asian woman who's um, queer, but she's also based on the writer. She's she's based on the writer and the one uh, Patricia, her character, is based on the writer's best friend, who happens to be Jamila Woods, who did the music for the look, who did the music for the show, and actually also appears in the show. And in the show, you have people of color everywhere. Like um, Layla's love interest is a, a fat, uh, queer Latina, black Latina. I mean, she's kind of an important part of the narrative, too. And you have this really, really good um, coming out scene with um, Layla and her sister. And I mean, just so much there. And, you you know, you have these funny moments, especially, you know, with Patricia, you know, dealing with, you know, one night stands and booty calls and things like that. And it's like the show, all, when you put all seven episodes together, it's a little more than an hour. So you kind of have this really good, you know, indie film, if you, you know, hmm. think about it that way. And so, yeah, just really, really highly encourage you, if you haven't already, to just sit and watch this show. If you, you know, you have screenings anywhere, screen it, you know, for you and your friends. It's very well worth it. It was very well done. And we are actually seeing one of these really big cities full of people of color and not full of white people. I'm sold. <laughs> I've been sold. Yes. Um, so I'm um, complaining about that. Oh God, they will. Never mind. Mm. Um, <laughs> so to um, say the director's name again, please. Sam Bailey. Sam Bailey and all of the cast of Brown Girls. We give a big. Uh, last little item in Squeeworthy News. Just wanted to shout out Lara Witt. Um, we talked about one of her articles in our last episode. Um, she goes by Fem Feminista on Twitter, and she also writes on Medium. And she started a new uh, series called Self Care Sundays. Um, uh, and it's basically. Um, just uh, reminding women and femmes of color to um, to practice self-care and, um, you know, not push themselves too thin. Um, she, um, in, in the second uh, part of the uh, series, um, she talks about her own struggles uh, with self-care, about how she was constantly um, saying yes to new responsibilities and doing labor for free uh, just because she didn't want to disappoint people. Mm -hmm. um, so this this um, series is uh, reminding um, women of color to put themselves first and um, so that 
when they do the things that they love, they're ready, rested, and confident. So, um, and I think each week she talks to a different woman of color, uh, interviews them, um, and talks to them about their views on self-care and what, how they practice self-care. So it's a, it's just a nice little, um, pick me up, uh, you know, before you go into your work week. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Lara Witt, for, um, for doing that. And... Uh, so to Laura and all the women involved in self-care Sundays, uh, we give a big We don't have a main topic, so I guess we're just going to skip to catch the fade. <laughs> eh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this week was... I'm almost, I'm almost getting tired of having to do this, but it, but it just keeps yeah. coming with this shit. Yeah. It seems like every 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 episode we're we're railing against these. They <laughs> just feminists. won't quit. They won't. They just How won't. They won't. quit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, another medium article um is f- from Foxy Jezebel, and and it's called "Dear White Feminism Writers, Just Admit You Hate Black Women." Um, clear and to the point. Um, and it, and it's basically a response to the backlash against, um, Serena Williams' latest photo shoot and, um, uh, Beyonce's pregnancy photo shoot that we talked about last episode. Um, and just, you know, any time that Black women get together and start celebrating themselves and each other. Um, so, uh, from the article, uh, it says, Whenever black women celebrate and affirm ourselves in any way, the bitter Becky writers of white feminism deems our acts bad and crawl out from their white supremacist caves and pen their anti-black woman vitriol op-eds disguised as think pieces on how two of the most talented and beautiful and celebrated black women celebrities of our time are eroding women's equality for the umpteenth time. Anyway, um, the article continues to highlight that, um, you know, white women want to critique and police um, how black women do feminism and how we celebrate ourselves and each other. Um, but white women themselves can be all out of pocket and be cissexist. Ah, I wish I could talk. Cissexist <laughs> no. and, you know, essentialist as fuck, but that's, that's just fine. Mm. I mean, just for example, look at every time Lena Dunham gets naked on girls. Um, I just saw this new commercial where, um, uh, for Old Navy, where Amy Schumer just strips down in the middle of a bar or something like that to try on some Old Navy jeans or some shit. Oh. And she's like, "That's a, it's okay, they know me, they know me. And I'm like, okay. really? I don't think they want to know you this much. Um, and then... Of course, the pink pussy hats from the Women's March. I mean, you can't get more 
essentialist and cis-sexist than that. Um, And that's white women. Uh, Very. um, I mean, they are just determined to be trash. And I (laughs) just... They just determine, just it is their mission in life right now. I'm just gonna be trash. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? And yeah, did we even mention, um, yeah, we oh, we talked about her last time, Scarja. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, so, um, Foxy Jezebel continues to say, I am sick of sharing a movement with women who say they're for equality, but have an antiquated and racist lens and praxis ongoing about said equality. So please, bitter Becky writers of white feminism, just admit that you hate black women. Stop pretending that you give a damn about any woman that isn't white and or doesn't follow your toxic definition of feminism and equality. Oh, toxic definition of him. Thank you. Thank Bring you. it on home. <laughs> that's that's so real. That's so real. It's toxic and narrow as fuck. I know. It's like, and they will it's just always, such a double standard. They will always fall back on the same shit that they fight against. You know, when it comes to look critiquing, looking at us, and you know, and other women of color. Like, well, it's it's like, you know, I was saying something like sometimes people, they get really astute at like classes, you know, not, not classes, but, um, um, shit, maybe class, what, no, no, it's not classes, what I mean, they get real astute about, um, capitalist criticism when it comes to like Beyonce, because it's like, it's, they, they cannot attack her for, um, anything you know she does but it's like oh well she does all these things i'm like y'all really cannot stand to see a black woman succeeding y'all just cannot stand it and so you have to go back to this tired old shit that does not fit everyone and it's like the very shit that you're trying to get out of but you think we need to still be in it and i mean it's just it's always missing in it uh, in a historical context. Thank you. Because black women trying to get our paper means something different from y'all trying to trying to get these coins and trying to make as much money as a white dude. Because every time y'all do it, y'all still do it off our backs too. And then also. When we're trying to get paper, we're doing it as a means to get uh, to um, get independence, get freedom for ourselves, for the people around us. Um, because too long we've been dependent on other people who, you know, will use the fuck out of us and and take advantage of that dependency. So, it's not about this this greedy kind of, you know, we just want it to ha- just because we want it kind of stuff and that y'all are it. on. And this is the, that's the stuff that y'all are on. Yep. 
and just hoard it. Don't do anything with it. And don't let anybody try to else, you know, try to, yeah, don't share it with anybody. Don't try to lift anybody else up. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just get it just to have it. Exactly. Uh, that's not what we're on. That's what y'all are on. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, and there was another great article that Clarkisha Kent wrote, uh, um, uh, but um, about these <laughs> these bitter Beckys. Oh, that's a good that's a good term. Yeah. Um, I'm, I need to find the name of it, and uh, once I find it, it's basically. Uh, I think it starts with why are you, why are you so obsessed with me, <laughs> and um. Yeah, so it so it was a really good article too. So shout out to Clark, Clarkisha Kent as well. But um, yeah, this is a problem. Why why can't they just go hate? You know, just you know, go to the Starbucks, meet up there, and hate <laughs> hate together in you know away from me. <laughs> why yeah. they gotta? Why do they have to attack us? Thing. like this I mean, this ain't even about you you don't even go here that's why they met we doing good spectacular shit that they could never and they met the biggest star the biggest star the greatest athlete in tennis tennis I'm not I'm not even gonna uh, separate it women's tennis men's tennis tennis sports the biggest star in tennis the greatest athlete in sports Oh, oh, that's alive! Is Serena Williams, yeah. the black woman, the biggest um, uh, celebrity in music and entertainment, is a black woman, and you're mad about it. You thought that you could put people in their place with that um, bullshit Grammy awards, but uh, um, we're not. Yeah, she's not phased about that. She's throwing up her middle fingers with her mama. <laughs> yeah. She's moving on. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Rihanna's moving on. She's moving on to movies. And y'all might have just fucked up your chance at an, an anti, too. Um, that's on y'all. Um, I wouldn't blame her if she just said fuck music and continue to model and do movies and TV and whatever else she wants to do. Um, and I hope they don't come back to that fuck ass award show again. But, um, oh, oh. oh God, I don't, oh, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to talk. See, to- yeah, it's like people but- been saying black artists just need to quit going to these award shows because they get invited to bring ratings in but they don't reap the rewards of the shit they created yeah and they they they're brought there to keep that show relevant because that show isn't relevant unless you have the top musicians performing and they they Um, they move the goalposts for what they say their criteria is every time Every year, because every year, because listen, when Beck won over Beyonce, oh, it's about artistic, you know, merit or whatever, something like that. When Taylor Swift beats Kendrick Lamar, oh, it's about sales. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh, and I guess another person that needs to catch the fade. Um, 
I don't even remember her name. It is Candace Wiggins. That's She's her. A retired WNBA player who accuses the league of bullying because she is straight. Okay. So basically, she's saying she's stereotyping the entire Women's National Basketball Association as being a bunch of lesbians who picked on her for being straight. Okay. See, Candace, let me talk to you as your fellow straight. <laughs> Girl. Talk to her. I can't do it. Ain't nobody discriminating against your ass for being heterosexual. Ain't nobody discriminating against your ass for being feminine. Ain't nobody paying you a goddamn lick of attention. Okay? That's what you mad about. It's not about you. Even if you was right, which I'm pretty sure you ain't, that the WNBA is like 98% lesbian. So the fuck what? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Out of all that 98% of lesbians, they don't want your ass because you're silly. Okay? So don't even worry about that. Don't even trip. And two, just just because you are a lesbian does not mean you are not feminine. And girl... It's like I was hearing somebody say, what you are mad about is that you just weren't allowed to be an awful person. Because if anyth- if anybody said shit to you about being straight, it's because you was being a jackass. That's the whole point there. You probably try to, you can't get away with saying a bunch of out-of-pocket shit like you want to. And now you mad because your ass got called out for it. Okay? Girl, sit Joe ass down okay oh god i just fuck is wrong with you she thinks they're mad at her because she was vocal about being straight don't nobody get and and that she played like a woman and so many in the league try to play like men and compare themselves wait a minute i'm tired wait how how do you play like a woman as opposed to how to play like a man how it's the same fucking game oh god i'm so i'm so see this is the the same no sister sexist essentialistic type shit see the dead giveaway there was like they were mad about me being vocal about being straight. Don't nobody give a shit about you being straight. They don't care. You know what she That's was probably shit doing? To do with the game. Yeah, yeah, but you know what she was probably doing? Trying to she thinks everybody else, you know, ain't straight. So, oh, I'm straight, and like, 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 like they gonna hit on her or something? I'm like, Candace, they don't want you. They got taste. Mm. Okay. <laughs> don't nobody anyway. want your ass. She's yeah. She's yeah. Like even if they did, all like all you gotta say, sorry, I'm not interested. Guess what? They just gonna move on. <laughs> Cause it ain't even I that mean, serious. Also, if they're professional, if they're prof- professional basketball players of any gender, they know how exactly how to get women. <laughs> Look, I, I kind of hate to you know stereotype, but women we know how to take rejection. Okay, we just do like I wouldn't fear, you know, if a woman did say something to me like, or you know, that implied that, you know, she wanted to get with me. I know all I got to do is just say no. And she's just going to keep pushing because it's like, okay, well, whatever. Whereas a dude. um, Yeah, 
killing you. Exactly. So guess what, Candace? You was very safe there. <laughs> you were very safe. And I safe. hate this because yeah. And I hate this because now now she got white NBA pl- WNBA players chastising her yeah. and responding to her because of her dumb yeah. shit. And I just I hate it when white women are scolding black women. Yeah. And and putting on this air of superiority and yeah. knowing better just because they're oh my god. Just because they're right about this one thing. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. um but- so Brianna Stewart, who was the top pick in the twenty sixteen WNBA draft um, appeared on Sports Center recently to discuss the Wiggins claims and wanted to clarify some things. Um, she she tweeted further saying that um, she wasn't denying Candace her experience and she was truly sorry for any pain she has endured, but my time in the W or WNBA has been very different. Uh, um, Brianna said she found the NBA, WNBA to be one of the most affirming places you can be. And um, saying that uh, our league has been a leader on inclusion and pro- progressive action. Um, she says, let's worry less about if 90%, 98% um, uh, of the league being gay is accurate and ask why. Why does anybody care? <laughs> exactly. Even if it was 100%, why does it matter? Uh, second, why is this story getting so much coverage? <laughs> why are outlets who never write about um, about us or about the league picking this story up? This one source story. Uh, Seriously, this, this white woman got some good points. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. I hate this. Yeah. God damn it, Candace. You're fucking it up fuck, for the rest of us. Fuck you and your book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what it is. She's trying to plug this book. Mm-hmm. Okay, fuck you. Yep. Um I'm just anyways. <laughs> well, I'm glad that um uh, another black woman, Neneka Ogwamike, um, who is the WNBA Players Union president also responded to the claims. Um, She said, uh, our union is only as strong as our loyalty to and support for one another. What is key to that loyalty and support is our commitment to diversity and inclusion. As a union, we should and we will continue to celebrate the diversity that makes us special and lead by example. We must respect the rights of those we don't agree with when they speak their mind. I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, anything that impacts an inclusive culture should be taken seriously, but these claims should not be taken seriously. Sorry, boo. Anyway, um, so there's that. Um, Candace Wiggins, you can catch the fade. Uh, uh but bitter Beckys, y'all all can catch the fade. Yeah, um, please, and just fade it, away. Fade away. Just fade away. Y'all oh, making please, me tired. Y'all are making me tired. 
so weary. Anyway. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I feel like our catch the fade was almost as long as our squee worthy news, <laughs> goddammit. But they ha- you- they have it coming. They just keep fucking up. They keep doing yeah. this shit. Why ain't y'all learned? They don't. I really don't just to. don't understand. I, I really just don't understand how people with that much privilege just can't see shit. You know. But here's the here's the here's the thing. Because of that privilege, even when they get they get clapbacks because of their bullshit, it doesn't really hurt them. Yeah, that's true. If anything, it helps them. It gets them clicks. Yeah. Black Twitter outrage gets them clicks. Yeah. So they never learn. In fact, they keep doing it. It's just, it's basically Pierce Morgan syndrome. Yep. That's why they'll never learn. And if, since they'll never learn, we have no business wasting any more time trying to explain exactly just just ignore them and go about our business and keep shining yep because oh they i refuse to let them steal any joy because i need all of it (laughs) in these times fuck all right so this week in that print (sighs) hit it into all right well i did mention them last time but segment got cut off because i don't know what happened in itunes or whatever but anyway our uh this week in that print i'm gonna have to go back to somehow i miss talking about him when we were naming a bunch of hot asian dudes tony thornburg if you don't know tony thornburg i feel sorry for you he's a model he is of uh, japanese swedish and norwegian descent he would be about 26 to 27 right about oh wait maybe he's closer to 30 i hope so yeah anyway he's from hawaii and this man is just so fracking pretty i mean oh that's this is a good looking man right here he's like six foot two he's real thin and slender but you know still i mean you can work with that right uh (laughs) and i just I, I I can work with that beard. Oh yeah, I can work with that beard. I can work with those eyes. I can work with that mouth. You can, hell, I work with his skinny oh, little Jesus. abs. You like at you in this corner? That is a at i n d a n e r n e r. But look at him. he looks good in everything. Like a three-piece yeah. pinstripe suit, just uh, some casual wear. I mean, oh my gosh, just those eyebrows. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> yes, I'm staring at the pictures right now. <laughs> she, she is getting tingles off this man's eyebrows. Lord have mercy. But look Ooh, at this. Okay, they just make the perfection of his face even more perfect. So such a mess um i don't care so he's pretty i know you don't i know this is so this is like the prettiest man (laughs) lord have mercy all right so um so shout out to tony thornburg and shout out to all of 
the wonderful men of color um, at the Oscars mm. this Sunday. I won't be watching, but, um, uh, you know, shout out to Dev Patel and Mahershala Ali oh and God. all of the beautiful young men of Moonlight, uh, Alex Hibbert, Ashton Sanders, and... Ooh, Trevante Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And Andre Holland. Oh, yes. um, just um, Denzel. I wish all of Denzel. I wish all of you had been nominated for grant, for um, Oscars, but yes. um, hopefully um, Mahershala will take it home uh, yes. and represent, and also Barry Jenkins um, representing the Sunshine State. Hey. Yeah. Shout out to my fellow Floridians um, doing big things. Um, so shout out to all of those uh, wonderful, beautiful men in uh, uh, This Week in That Print. Yeah. And, um, um, actually, I just want to say one, um, have to give a congratulations to her, Mahershala and his wife. They just had their baby. Oh. Yeah. Posted some pictures of that precious little tyke. I'm like, oh, look at the pretty little baby. So I want to take the baby and squeeze. Did did they um, announce a name or? I think so, but I forgot. I forgot. Okay. No, that was his wife's name. I was looking at. So I don't think they announced the name, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. So congratulations to them. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um. So hopefully he'll just have an even better weekend. <laughs> yes, he's already winning. Yeah. He's already winning. Like you, you so. get the baby and the Oscar in the same weekend. I'm like you. This this is the peak right now. I hope I hope it happens for him. It better. It yeah. Better. I mean, if he's gonna take some time to go to this show and he just had a baby, <laughs> they better give him for real. You better. They give better him give something. him a trophy. But then. People be performing four months pregnant with twins and can't get nothing. Anyway, um, <laughs> woman is vocab. All right. Okay, today's woman is vocab word is derail. To derail means to use tactics to get off topic from a specific conversation or issue. Derailing usually comes from a position of privilege for those who do not like the information or ideas that go against their previously held beliefs. Some derailment tactics include gaslighting, demanding evidence or proof in lieu of lived experience, and bringing in information unrelated to the topic. Derail. Thank you. Thank you for helping me segue right into this Black Girl Commandment. (laughs) All right. Which is, um, be selfish with, or be more selfish with your time and energy. Don't waste it trying to prove your humanity or fight hate with kindness. You, your time, and your energy are too precious. Thank you. Um, Because what's that quote by Toni Morrison where, you know, they'll have you, they'll have you trying to prove your humanity and, um, you know, your worth and your culture and then they'll just move the goalposts again yeah. and have you just continue to prove different things. Exactly. Um, and and by that time, you know, years will have passed and you won't have gotten your work done. So, exactly. I mean, that's really loosely paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 what they do. It's it's a it's a type of derailment. Yep. 
um, that they do to have you focus all your energy on educating them. And spoiler alert, they don't care. They're not listening. Nope. Uh, they don't want to learn. Nope. So we we gotta we gotta stop doing that. We gotta leave that shit in 2016. Yep. We don't have we don't have the time for it. Not when folks are rounding us up. Ciao. Because of our religion, because of our uh, documentation status, because of whatever, because they don't like the color pants we're wearing. I don't. This administration is a fucking nightmare. Um, it's a fucking farce as well. Um, so. Yeah, we don't have time to to fight hate with love and all that bullshit they say on Twitter. Um, nah. So, be more selfish with your time and energy. Uh, because it's precious. And that's it for this episode. I uh, just want to remind you one more again <laughs> where you can contact us. Um... Inda and I uh, are both at Black Girl Squee individually. Inda is at Inda's Corner. I'm at Dust Daughter. Our Tumblr is blackgirlsquee.tumblr.com. Our email is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show on iTunes. That would help us out a lot. So until next time, bye. Bye. Oh, <laughs>